Contrary to what those with power, privilege and wealth would have us believe, not everyone was created equal. In fact, if the last couple of years have taught us anything, it's just how stark the gulf between the haves and the have-nots truly is. The rich have lined their already deep pockets further, while the poor have only gotten poorer. In 2021, a record 493 new people became billionaires. On average, there was a new billionaire created every 17 hours. Meanwhile, in Britain, over the crisis, the poorest 30% of adults gained an average additional wealth of just £86, compared to the £50,000 for the richest 10%. So, when multimillionaires chime in with hot takes that essentially shame those on the losing end of wealth inequality for their lack of success, it usually doesn't end well. That's something reality star Molly Mayhay can attest to after a series of tone-deaf comments that read like the infamous Paris Hilton Stop Being Poor t-shirt meme made her public enemy number one. Welcome to Cancelled. I'm your host, Leah, and this is the show where we look back at some of the biggest and most bizarre attempts to cancel people, corporations, and even countries. You may think the subjects of our very rigorous and academic study deserve public disdain. You may think it's all a gross injustice, but it doesn't matter, because all of them were judged in the court of public opinion and ultimately cancelled. In just three short years, her transformation from Hertfordshire Girl Next Door to creative director of Pretty Little Thing has been well documented. As too has her problematic belief that success is a choice because we all have the exact same 24 hours in a day, right? This is a story that begins with reality TV and fast fame but ends in accusations of privilege and classism and ultimately a cancellation. The year is 2019 and content creator Haig is about to be propelled from relative obscurity to reality stardom in a two-month televised whirlwind with an audience of millions. ITV2's flagship reality TV show Love Island is in its fifth season and arguably at its peak popularity. The villa plays host to a new group of bronzed and buff singletons hoping to find real love. Or let's be honest, the £50,000 prize money and overnight celebrity. The latter, she openly admits, is what motivated the then 20-year-old Haig to become a contestant on the reality show. While she entered the luxury Love Island villa with a relatively modest organic social media following, thanks to her Instagram and YouTube content, she viewed the whole experience as more of a business move, dreaming of reaching loftier heights of influencer status. Ironically, she left the show not only with a huge following, but with a new boyfriend. Manchester lad and professional boxer Tommy Fury, as if to signal the fortune that was coming her way. The modern-day fairy tale continues as the couple who finished as runners-up on the show remain together to this day. In possession of the hallowed trifecta, beauty, wealth and fame, Haig's meteoric rise to stardom really began the moment she stepped off the island. A £500,000 brand deal with Pretty Little Thing was just the start. We'll gloss over how problematic that brand is, for now. What followed were multiple collaborations with brands like Motel Rocks, Beautyworks, Topshop and Starbucks through paid partnerships and brand ambassadorships. The type of fame granted through reality appearances is often fickle and fleeting. It's a sad reckoning that many of the Love Island alumni have struggled to cope with. But with her obvious business savvy, Haig has really successfully harnessed it to achieve that rare longevity others could only have dreamed of. 
Things were clearly going so well for Haig that she raised eyebrows last year when it was revealed in a YouTube video with her manager, Fran Britton, that she'd turned down an eye-watering £2 million deal with a high street brand because she doesn't buy clothes from there. Today, the 22-year-old millionaire herself has 6.2 million followers, which she attributes to the authentic content and business decisions like that. And definitely not her appearance on Love Island that averaged 5.7 million viewers. However, she got her platform, as this podcast series has taught us time and time again, with it comes a superior level of scrutiny. Suddenly, what would ordinarily be the inane mumblings or a controversial opinion of a normal 20-something becomes subject to scrutiny from pretty much anyone with access to the internet. Every business decision, every ignorant comment, every action watched and commentated on by millions. After one YouTube makeup tutorial, Haig was blasted for her use of a shade of foundation that a fan called 10 Shades Too Dark. She attempted to defend herself, saying she goes very pale in the winter, but some questioned why she couldn't just celebrate the natural skin tone instead of low-key blackfishing. In the tutorial, she used MAC shade NC42. To put that into context, one Punjabi woman commented that she uses the lighter shade of NC30 and said she also knows black and Asian women who use NC42. In March last year, Haig found herself in hot water with the Advertising Standards Authority for an Instagram giveaway she did in 2020 to celebrate reaching 1 million subscribers on YouTube. The luxuries included an array of Apple devices, a Louis Vuitton luggage set, and products from Haig's own tanning line worth a total of eight grand. Safe to say the girlies jumped on it with feverish anticipation, and according to Haig, there were around two million entries. But the ASA said the way the winner was selected breached promotion rules, though in the end, no action were taken. Fine, not a cancelable offence, but a sign of the scrutiny she faced. Other poorly handled mishaps included an ill-judged Cleopatra Halloween costume, which some described as cultural appropriation. Haig also managed to offend a whole nation when she called the food in Italy grim and actually shocking after a trip to Venice. Then there was the time during lockdown when she described isolating in her and Fury's luxury Manchester penthouse flat, spread across two floors and complete with a private sauna as absolute captivity. But her biggest, most cancelable faux pas was still yet to come. August 2021 saw Haig announced as the new creative director of fast fashion giant Pretty Little Thing in a lucrative deal rumoured to be worth seven figures. The company is owned by fashion retail group Boohoo. If you've listened to our episode on them, you'll know that Boohoo has questionable ethics, to put it diplomatically. The company has been criticised for ruining the environment with cheap, low-quality clothing, ripping off independent designers and exploiting their garment workers. Or you could argue modern-day slaves by paying them a pittance. Having partnered with the brand since her exit from Love Island, you could sense a promotion coming, but the disappointment from some fans was clear. They questioned how she was even qualified for the role and whether someone with that much influential clout should be fronting such an unethical and unsustainable company. Just months later, Haig was to find herself embroiled in the center of a row about privilege and would face calls to be sacked from her new position. It's the morning of the 5th of January, and that tweet reads, If you're homeless, just buy a house. Finished with a deliciously sarcastic red heart emoji, is steadily gaining traction. Why? 
because of the clip alongside it. It's a reposted TikTok of Haig speaking on the Diary of a CEO's podcast with Dragon Den's investor, Stephen Bartlett. In it, she said the fateful words that would end up finalizing her cancellation. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. Social media did its thing and the 45-second clip spread like wildfire, sparking a deep fury about privilege and Haig's apparent obliviousness to her own. The clip has so far been viewed 13.5 million times on Twitter alone. The podcast host, Bartlett, rushed to her defence, writing in the comments that people should watch the whole interview before just judging off a soundbite. Sage advice, in any case. But further listening doesn't particularly make it any better or give any justifying context. Instead, there are more reductive statements like, you're given one life and it's down to you what you do with it. And... I think if you want something enough, you can achieve it. Admittedly, she did try to add that she understands how people's individual circumstances differ, but the damage was done. What stuck with people was the false equivalence that we can all achieve the same because of the amount of time we're given. It completely disregards how our access to resources and opportunities vary wildly thanks to poverty, class, race and social inequality. In short, she has privileges many don't. Haig's comments were ignored at best, the epitome of girl-boss feminism and the hollow empowerment it sells. Coming from a young, white, wealthy woman who hasn't had to feel the negative impacts of marginalisation, they just don't land, regardless of whether she's self-made or not. As the tweet spread further, so too did the anger. There were think pieces in national newspapers, calls for her to be removed from her role at Pretty Little Thing were numerous, Her surname on Wikipedia was changed to Thatcher, comparing her views that people should ultimately be responsible for their own lives with those of the Iron Lady. MPs have even waded in on the controversy. Haig credits working her absolute arse off for getting to where she is. Okay, yes, to an extent it probably has. But a rather telling video posted in the Twitter comments made people question what her idea of hard work really is. In the clip, Haig is being filmed in the warehouse of Pretty Little Thing, put it this way, dressed in a bright pink high-vis jacket with a full face of makeup, it doesn't look like she's there to do manual labor. Unsurprisingly, it's being filmed for YouTube content and Haig is visibly shocked to find out that a shift for warehouse workers is 12 hours long and she wouldn't be finished until the early hours of the morning. I'll be on the floor like this by 1am, Jesus, she says. A few days after the furore began, it was clear it wasn't going away quickly. A statement was released to the press by Haig's team. In it, they insisted Haig understands that everyone is from different backgrounds and emphasized that her use of the 24 hours in a day quote was in reference to her own experiences and how she resonates with it. Haig also used her Instagram stories to issue a statement of her own. She assured us that nothing she said was meant with any malice or ill intent and went on to apologize. Kind of. It said, I apologize to the people that have been affected negatively or misunderstood the meaning of what I said in the podcast. The intentions of the podcast were only to tell my story and inspire from my own experience. It's the kind of cop-out that's heard quite often after a controversial comment takes off an attempt to absolve the person in the firing line of guilt while deflecting blame onto those calling it out. The tactic didn't seem to wash. In fact, it probably made things even worse. The wording made it blatant that she hadn't understood or made any attempt to educate herself on what the problem was. One Twitter user said, Molly May didn't even apologize. 
She just said, it's your fault for getting offended. Someone else labelled it Gaslighting 101. Bartlett, who hosts the podcast that started the outcry, later blamed misogyny for the significant backlash Haig was facing. He called it double standards, saying successful men have discussed similar things on the show, yet haven't been crucified. We live in a capitalist, patriarchal society, so there probably is some truth in that. But can you really boil all of the anger down to that alone? Or is the majority of it born of a frustration that, in the midst of a cost-of-living crisis, millionaires continue to patronise ordinary people by telling them that if they just work harder, they can have it all too? The anger people were feeling online towards Pretty Little Thing translated offline at Haig's first runway event as their creative director in February. Crowds of protesters gathered outside the venue where the company's London Fashion Week show was taking place. The group held up placards against Boohoo's low-wage scandal and gave speeches condemning the company and its shady ethics. One sign read, Pretty Little Thieves, Pay Your Workers. It was yet another disruption in what had been a string of controversies that had surrounded the company and its creative director. The level playing field we should be striving to achieve has only grown more divided, mangled and muddied. Until we do, the notion that our 24 hours are the same will continue to be nothing but a fallacy. But whether it's something that will actually harm Haig's career in the long term is doubtful. She kept her job at Pretty Little Thing, she continues to sign major brand deals worth a small fortune, and it was recently announced she's releasing a book all about her success. For influencers of her status, it's the follow accounts that talk. This debacle has cost her around 40,000 Instagram followers, a drop in the ocean when you consider that she's at 6.2 million strong. For her, it's likely a passing storm in a teacup. Just a little rain in her 24 hours. This episode was written by Ellie Abraham. This is a Broccoli Production. 